With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday at the beginning of a weekend where Liverpool will take on Tottenham in the Premier League. Tottenham last night drew 2-2 at Manchester United, coming from two goals behind to get a point at home. And I think that result has led to some people kind of rebuilding up some hope that we could sneak into the top four. We currently sit seven points behind United. They have a game in hand. And it's not an insurmountable lead when you consider our fixtures are fairly straightforward. Tottenham home, Fulham home, Brentford home. All very much winnable games. Games I think that we all expect to win. Tottenham are not good. Fulham and Brentford are basically on the beach. Then we go to Leicester. Now, they're scrapping for survival, but that's a game we should win. Villa at home is our toughest game. And then we'll go to Southampton last day of the season, and they'll probably already be relegated. I think 16 points is a realistic amount to look at from those games and think is achievable from us. That would get us 69 points on the season. But the issue is that United would only need 10 points from their last four games to finish above us. And when we look at their fixtures, the next couple are tough. They've got Villa at home at the weekend, and then they go to Brighton. You could conceivably see them losing all of those games, but then they go to West Ham. It's a game they should win. They should beat Wolves at home. They should beat Bournemouth away. They should beat Chelsea at home and they should beat Fulham at home on the final day of the season. So, you know, if they just win those five, that is way above what we can get, uh, even if we win all our games. So I think it's best just to accept the fact that we're not going to get top four this season and, uh, and save yourself the pain of holding out hope. I wouldn't put it past them to have a spectacular collapse because they're not very good. They rely entirely on two players in attack, one being Bruno, the other being Rashford. Their defence is not particularly good, uh, regardless of their claims that Lisandro Martinez is the best defender of all time. He just isn't. He's also out injured, 
and Harry Maguire is going to have to play more often for them. Uh, last night, obviously, we saw Luke Shaw playing centre-back next to Lindelof, but Maguire is currently suspended, so that's why he's not in the team at the moment. Uh, I think he's back, if I'm not mistaken, for the next game. And that'll push Shaw back to left-back and Maguire creating a massive hole in the middle of the defence. You wouldn't put it past them to collapse, but it's a fairly straightforward run in. And if they don't achieve it, if they miss top four somehow, it will be an all-timer collapse. It'll be right up there with some of the <clears throat> the nonsense from Leicester under Brendan. Newcastle, I think we'll all assume, are, are going to get there. They're nine points clear of the same number of games played. They have a superior goal difference to us as well. Ten goals better off. So if they just pick up nine points, even if we win all our games, there's going to be very little we can do. They have said Hampton at home next. They'll win that. They have Arsenal at home after that. I expect them to win that. Then they go to Leeds. You'd expect them to win that. And that that will do it. That will ensure that they finish above us. After that, they still have Leicester at home, which is another win for them. They've got Brighton at home, which you'd expect them to, to win. And they go to Chelsea. I wouldn't actually be surprised if Newcastle won all six of their remaining games. With the form that they're in, the way they're playing, the confidence that they're showing last night, they just tore Everton apart. Credit to Eddie Howe. I mean, he, he's done an, an immense job there. Best defensive record in the league. He finally has them scoring goals now, so there's balance to the team. I do think, obviously, ourselves, Spurs and Chelsea all having rotten seasons is the primary reason for Newcastle and United being top four. I don't think either of them would be top four. And it's not about points totals because some people are rushing point to points totals. Points totals are reflective of who you're playing, not yourself a lot of the time. And when you look at the Premier League for much of this season, we've had nine teams that look like they could and should go down. Plus three of the big six have been abysmal. It's been fairly straightforward for a team to be consistent and find their way into the top four. That's all it's really taken, is a bit of consistency. If we'd had any kind of consistency, we would be comfortably cruising to third, maybe even challenging. Because remember the points that we've thrown away this season. It's obnoxious, the points that we've given up this season in games where... If we just turned up and played decently, we would have won or should have won. You know, you can start at the start of the season. We should have beaten Palace at home. We should have beaten Everton away. We should have beaten Forest. We should have beaten Leeds. There's 10 points to begin with that we'd thrown away by match week 14, which was actually 13 games into the, uh, 12 games into the season for us because of the the break for the Queen's passing. We should have beaten Wolves. We should have beaten Palace away. We should have beaten Bournemouth. There's eight more points. That's 18 points on top of what we have now, which would put us on 71 points, two points behind City. Now... That's just against teams that we should have beaten. That's not even factoring in Fulham, who we should have probably beaten on the opening day of the season. 
It's not factoring in the two draws against Chelsea, which are both bad results given how bad they are. It's not factoring in Brentford or Brighton away. It's not factoring in Brighton at home. Like These are all games that are disappointing. United away at the start of the season when one of our midfielders just decided to gift them a goal in the first half and then gift them another goal because, you know, why not? We are we are the reason we're not competing for the title this season. This would have been a fairly straightforward title if we'd been anything like we've been in three of the past four years. Like, Arsenal have dropped points in ten games this season. Last season, we dropped points in ten games all season. City have dropped points in eight so far. <clears throat> season before that, we dropped points. Oh, the season before that was the year we had all the injuries. But in the title-winning season, we only dropped points in six games. In the season we finished second, uh, in eighteen nineteen, we only dropped points in eight games. Like, Arsenal have already dropped as many or more points by this point in the season. It is horrendous to look at these tables and think, 18-19 we lost once, 19-20 we lost three, but two of them came when the title was already wrapped up. And last season we lost two games. We lost six games across three seasons and only have one Premier League title to show for it. Arsenal have already lost four this season. I think they'll lose to Newcastle, which will be five. And that might be it, but five defeats in a season as opposed to six across three seasons. It shows the levels between what we were and you know what the league is, is right now. Um, just apples to oranges. We, we were so much better than... We were so much better than them. We were much better than the City team of this year, which isn't a vintage City team. Though it might end up being the most successful team because they could win the treble. But this City team isn't as good as the team in 17-18 or 18-19. I don't think it's as good as the team last season. And it'll finish likely with a few less points than they did last season. They could end up with more, but I I don't think they will. Look, Look at last season. City plus 73 goal difference after 38 games. And we were plus 68. Chelsea finished third with plus 43. Arsenal right now have plus 40 with five games left. So they're not going to get anywhere close in terms of the goals scored. They're going to be worse defensively than we were. Such a weak league and we just bottled it. We bottled it from the off. Um, We'll go to the main Liverpool websites. There is a piece about Jürgen's press conference. There is a piece about Liverpool 2.0 and Henry Jackson has an interview with a Spurs fan to talk about this upcoming game. One thing I noted in that interview was he said, Spurs fan said, Harry Kane will be licking his lips uh, about a Liverpool defence that has not been great this season. Well, when I look at the Premier League table, um, Arsenal have only conceded one goal less than us. Their top City and Newcastle have conceded significantly less than us, and Chelsea have conceded less than us, but they are in 11 spots. So we do have the um, the joint fifth-best defensive record in the league. Um, it's actually the, the, the fifth-best better than United because they've played a game less, even though they've conceded the same number of goals. Uh, but 
we've got the you know the fifth best defense in the league. Uh, they've conceded, I, I note, fifty three goals, and I have to look way way down the table to find teams that have conceded more. So Bournemouth, Leeds, Forest, Leicester, and Southampton. So they've got the sixth worst defensive record in the league. We've got the fifth best, but yet ours is the defence that's apparently going to have people licking their lips. That's an interesting view to take on this game. Um, There's a piece about the points that Newcastle and United would need to drop. We can forget Newcastle. They're going to be in. Uh, United, maybe, but I I, I just don't see it. And Nico Williams fractured his jaw in Nottingham Forest's win over Brighton, and he's done for the season. That's a, a nasty one for Nico. Hopefully he can uh, recover soon. Jürgen was on his bullshit again today, uh, claiming that the reason some people were against Curtis Jones was because they want big transfers, utter horseshit again from Klopp. Nobody has ever said that anything regarding, you know, we, we shouldn't have academy players we should only buy big money players. The issue people have taken with Curtis is largely of Jürgen's doing. Uh, playing him in that left-sided role when it was a standard flat three was in no way beneficial to Curtis's development. And then leaving him out for just large portions when he's been fit, also not helping the case that you might rate him very highly. And then when he would get opportunities, he'd come in cold, give a 6 out of 10 performance, and then you'd yank him out of the team again. So if you want to blame anybody for the narrative around Curtis Jürgen, it is entirely your own fault, and you should be the one to hold a can on that. Uh, Mason Mount has Chelsea talks amid Liverpool interest as Jürgen Klopp should retain $87 million hope, says Liverpool.com. If we pay $87 million for Mason Mount, we will have been... I would say we will have been ripped off because uh, he's got one year left on his contract. And the last time I looked, $87 million is about 80 million euro, which if we transfer into British pounds, um, where are we? Well, this is great. I can't find where the, where Sterling is. It, it's not. It, it's it's seventy odd million. Like it is seventy odd. I can't know where. I can't find it while I'm looking for it. But it is over seventy million pounds. If we pay over seventy million pounds for a lad with one year left in his contract for a midfielder, it madness. Uh, Richarlison and Tottenham offer Liverpool 215 million transfer warning. Nonsense piece. Um, Liverpool identifies 43 million midfield target as Jude Bellingham preferred club emerges. Uh, Very good source allegedly um, reveals Bellingham wants to join a certain club. Uh, Who is this? this? I see... I see Harry Redknapp being mentioned here. Oh, God. I think he's amazing. 
I think he's amazing, you know, but I think he wants to go to Real Madrid. That's what I've heard from a very, very good source close to him. Does anyone believe a word that comes out of Harry Redknapp's mouth? He might end up at Real, but that's not where he wanted to go. Uh, Liverpool have apparently identified Kefren Turam as a potential target. Kefren Turam would be a good signing. I do worry a little bit about his lack of aggression, but I think Klopp can work on that. Uh, in the role that Jude has played recently, that left-sided one in the advanced two, I could could see Kefren working well there. We've also been linked with his um, with his niece teammate Jean Claire Tadibo, who I think would be a good backup to Ibu as that right sided centre back. Uh, can also play on the the left of a two, so he could be a Virgil backup as well. I don't know that we'll bring in two centre backs this season, if we, and I think the one we will bring in will be a left footer who can also play left back so that in this new shape, they'll be more comfortable in that left-sided role. Um, there's a there's a bunch of, of good candidates for that. I had a piece on uh, on the Anfield Index, web, Anfield Index website recently, which you can read. Uh, that's about it for there. And moving on then to AnfieldIndex.com. Um, the headline piece is by Tony Evans, and the... the the headline of the article, or the title of the article, is Thiago is Klopp's most disappointing midfielder, which I'm just going to say is complete horseshit. And, and I I don't care if anyone doesn't like it. It is. It's horseshit. Um, he makes reference to the fact that Thiago only has four assists in 67 Premier League appearances. I, I just don't think he knows what type of player Thiago is. I really don't think he knows what type of player Thiago is. Um, the rest of the article is quite good. There's a nice little piece on Curtis. There's a good bit on Spurs. Uh, there's a bit on John Henry. There's a bit on Arsenal. There's a bit on Cody Gakpo. The rest of it is good. The piece on Thiago is nonsense. Um, Klopp confirms that Ibu is fit to go against Spurs. There's a piece here on... Cody Gakbo, which was written by Young Henrold, so do check that out. And there's a piece about Aurelian Chuameni potentially being available uh, this summer, which was put together by the news team. And listen, I, I would absolutely jump on the opportunity to sign him. I think he's an outstanding, outstanding midfielder who would fit perfectly into our midfield. I've said all along, if we could spend all of our budget on two players, Chiumeni and Caicedo would be the two to go and get because they just locked down the midfield for the next decade. And Caicedo could play the role Curtis has played that little bit forward with Chiumeni in the Fabinho role. Or if you go to a more standard three, they could play... Chiumeni in the six, Caicedo either side, depending on where you want to put the more attacking one, they'd be great as a double pivot. For me, those two would be worth sacrificing in other areas. If you got those two with whatever money's available, and I think like 80 million plus add-ons would probably get 
each of them. Um, and then if you just fund the left-sided centre-back through player sales, through selling Costas, selling Kelleher and selling Matip, you sell those three, you sign a goalkeeper for free or on, on the cheap, and you spend the rest on someone like Goncalo Inacio or Castelo Lukeba Lukeba from Lyon or Piero Hincapier, um, any of them would work perfectly. And then if there's anything left over, and you might have a bit left over, you could maybe go and get an Alex Scott from Bristol as the third midfielder, um, just someone to have in, in rotation to develop. But if you had a midfield four, say, that you were able to run out every... Because this is the thing. If your team lined up, Trent, Ibu, Virgil, Inacio, Chumeni, Caicedo, Salah, Gakpo, Diaz, Darwin, and you can shift it into this new shape with Ibu, Virgil, Inacio, Trent, Chumeni, and then Gakpo and Caicedo as the two behind Salah, Darwin, Diaz, like, I think that would be great. You've still got Thiago to come in. You can use Jones. You can use Besetic. Elliot can play as an eight or as a right winger. Jota can play through the middle or off the left. I think that would be an unbelievably strong team, personally. You know, we do need a back, a bright back. There's a couple we could grab on a free just to fill a gap for a couple of years. Get a goalkeeper on a free. If you got Inacio, Chiumeni and Caicedo for, let's say, 210 million, the sales to be had. Molly doesn't like the idea of us selling anybody. She's too loyal and too close to them, like Klopp. But let's say you could sell Kelleher for, I don't know, 15 with add ons to 20. Costas. 15 add-ons to 20, Joel, 10. I wouldn't be against selling Carvalho. I I think he's a talented player. I just don't know that he fits all that well. You'd probably get 15 rising to maybe even 25, 30 for him. Um, You might get 20 rising to 30 for him because he is really highly rated. Well, that would bring your next spend down to about 150 million, which there's absolutely no reason we couldn't do that this summer. There's no reason our next spend shouldn't be anywhere south of 150 million. It, it should be that or that at a minimum, being truthful. Um, Podcast-wise, there is a new Scouser Tommies. Jim and Jay are back. Jim is over his COVID, which is good. Uh, there's a scouted myself and Carl ahead of the Spurs game. Harry has a rival recon out with Seb from Tifo. So do check that out. There is an AIP being recorded today. It'll be out tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, that's basically all I have for you. Talk to you tom- No, I won't talk to you tomorrow, and I won't talk to you Monday because it's a bank holiday. So I will see you all on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully we're back discussing another three points for the Reds on Raw on Sunday, and obviously there'll be a Nina show on Sunday. Will there? I assume there'll be a Nina show on Sunday, but I don't know for certain. So... We'll just leave it as a, you'll have to wait and see kind of thing. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel 
so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.